career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? Divorce is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. Kids are gone. Now what? I'll never find love. Why can't I be like the other guys? Hey guys, gay, straight, and everything in between. It's time to get a grip. Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40 plus life. Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 40 Plus. And you know what? All of us hit these milestone moments, whether it's turning 21, whether it's going into our 30s, 40s, 50s, on up. And for some of us, it kind of kicks our butt. I remember when I turned 50, it was kind of a crazy moment in my life. And I'm bringing a good friend of mine back on two podcasts. And if you've listened to Life on Closet, you will have heard him talk about this. His name is Chris Gillibo. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He runs an amazing, amazing event in Portland every year called World Domination Summit. And just a couple of years ago, he had his freak out moment about turning 40. So, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so let's just dive in, Chris. Let's talk about that a little bit, man. And first of all, yeah, thanks man. for being here, man. So, yeah, oh, please. Thank you. It's great to come yeah, back. Yeah. I love what you're doing, Rick. Yeah. So you did. I remember you talking yeah. to me a little bit yeah. about this on the other podcast about, oh my God, mm-hmm. I'm turning 40. So what? And I was like, happen? Rick, give me some wisdom, you know, yeah. because <laughs> you're a couple of years ahead of me. So yeah, I was like, what, what, how, do I, how do I survive exactly. this? Yeah. So what was that all about for you, man? What was the biggest I don't know. Thing? Uh, ego, I guess, probably. I mean, I don't know. Ego, huh. sense of mortality, um, you know, sense of like regret and loss and like, you know, what have I done with my life? What am I going to do? Is it all coming to an end? You know, yeah. just the small things like that, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there anything around like, oh my gosh, I haven't done enough in my life? Or was it more, I got so yeah. much more to do? Or? I mean, I think, I guess for me, it kind of comes to potential and like, you know, I do feel really like privileged or blessed or like whatever word you want to use. Like I feel fortunate and mm-hmm. in the sense that I've been able to have a lot of different experiences. I have been able mm-hmm. to do a lot and I know that, but uh, I think the, the word potential is always like, okay, well, you know, where much is given, much is required, right? Or right, like right. Spider-Man, great power, responsibility, et cetera. So I think part of it was like, maybe, maybe I think now that I talk it out, the sense, the sense of the feeling that, or the fear that my best days were behind me. You know what I mean? Like my sense of like, oh yeah, I did some cool stuff, but that was, you know, 10 years ago or five years ago or X years ago or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. that was a big part of it. And like, um, I don't want to say like it was all downhill from here. I wasn't that morose about it, but I think I was definitely like, yeah, all right. I wish I could get those days back. I felt like a high school football player. Like I never Mm -hmm. liked football, but like, you know, people who play football or whatever sport is in high school or college. And then like 20, 30 years later, they're still reliving that, you know? Yep. Like to the point of like, that was the best time of their life. You're like, man, that sucks. That was the best yeah, time of your exactly. life. You've done 20 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. You know, a fellow friend of ours, um, uh, Chase Bollinger, he and I were talking on oh, yeah. life on closet a few months ago and he brought forward his story about, you know, thinking about suicide and everything. And then the thing that changed for him was when he asked himself, well, what is, what if I'm living my worst right now? And oh. it was a big pivot. Yeah. And it was such a monumental moment in that podcast because it really put the question in front of people like, well, what if this is the worst? You right. Know? Yeah, that's great. And, that's and great. it was good. But, you know, I'm curious, did you have somebody like your parents, a father, somebody in your life that kind of went through one of these moments? Kind of like, okay, here's the blueprint, Chris. We're handing you <laughs> how you yeah. freak out when you hit a moment. 
No, I, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I had some conversations like, you know, with folks like you, yeah. and I think I kind of looked to, to people who maybe had like crossed over this Rubicon or whatever, but I don't think I really had like a blueprint or a mentor or anything. And I guess the, the key point I want to make is it did, like I did, I did have all this, this freak out, like we talked about before, but it got better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's the whole thing is like, it got better by the time it, the actual like 40 thing came around. I was, I, I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was all right with it. So it was more the before than it was the actual occurring of it. Yeah. I've never, ever really had a freak out moment. Uh, and I watched Great. my father, Stay with I watched that. my father yeah. go through that at 30. Oh. His was when he turned 30. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> I'm like, cool, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to mm -hmm. sell right through this. And then 50 came. Ah. And when I turned the year, I turned 50, as you know, I've got two daughters. Okay. Yep. My oldest was heading to college. Mm -hmm. My youngest was going into high school and I was turning 50. Yeah. And that was like the perfect freak out trifecta. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. I didn't, I didn't see it coming. George, you know, my husband, George, yep. he didn't yep. see it coming because he's like, I can't believe. And I went into the deepest, craziest depression. Oh yeah. I didn't come out yeah. of it for a couple of months. I'm like, and mm -hmm. I'm saying to myself, this is stupid, Rick. You've never been this like, Oh my God, kind of guy. Yeah. And what I finally realized for me was it was more of about my kids moving mm -hmm. forward into their life than it was about me moving forward. It wasn't because, Oh my God, sure. I'm, you know, another step closer to the grave. Right. It was, wow, my babies, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're now going into spaces and I finally pinpointed two things. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting because of the work I've done, you know, coming out of the closet is for my daughters, both stepping into new realms into college and the high school. Those were the two places in my life that I was never truly myself. Mm. And once I connected that dot, mm -hmm. it was like, okay, freak out's over <laughs> because yeah. those were places that were so pivotal to mm -hmm. my coming out as a gay man yep. many years later, but that was the moment. And, and then I, that's when I started speaking at colleges and universities about mm -hmm. not just the coming out process, but this is when you have the greatest opportunity to step into yourself to face your fears, make the bold moves you're going to make and, and learn now not to apologize for the way you live. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's deep. I think you're like, you were carrying that burden for them in some ways, you know, oh, like reliving, perhaps reliving absolutely. it in, in some way. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what have you learned post 40 now about yourself? <laughs> what have I learned? Oh man, I don't know. I don't, I didn't really make a list or anything. Right. Well, what no, I, I, I thought you got that memo. You're going to have to give me 10 things. You've Damn learned. it. You know, right. The 13 ways to survive post 40. Uh -huh. Um, or just one good thing. I mean, I, yeah. I know, you know, for I me, I'll, I'll kick it off. I, one thing right. I learned mm -hmm. as soon as I hit 50 mm -hmm. is to trust the freak out moment mm -hmm. because it's happening for me. It was such mm -hmm. a good thing for me to go through. And, um, mm -hmm. it was good for me to have to do that. And so here's the irony of that whole moment. When this is happening, we drop our oldest off at college mm -hmm. The youngest goes back home to start, you know, high school. And George and I went on a cruise to kind of oh. like, okay, it's our yeah. last little bit. We can like do anything before we both have to jump dive in back in. Mm -hmm. And it was on that cruise that I realized this is really happening for me mm -hmm. because all I had time to do was sit on a boat. <laughs> Thanks, right. so to speak, right. you know, but yeah, um, you can't, you can't and hide it was huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious what happened for okay. you then. Um, okay. I think, um, so maybe at a certain point I kind of, 
made my peace with it. And in making my peace with it, I, there was, there was a definitely a learning process or an acceptance process. And it wasn't so much, it was more like a self-acceptance. It, it was basically like, this is who I am. And, you know, I, I can be better. Like, I want to always strive. I want to improve. And that's also part of who I am. And it's not so much like I need to slow down. It's not so much like I need to, like, reestablish balance in my life right. or whatever. You know, like, like for me, uh, you know, I, I, I just had to learn to, again, it's like self-acceptance. And one thing I thought about was, like, long, long ago, uh, going back, like, eight or nine years, I gave this TED Talk, TEDx Talk. And um, I said, I repeated this, something that someone said to me. And she said, um, there's a lot of power, something like there's incredible power in not giving a shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But actually, I, I, that's not me because I, I actually really do care uh, for better or worse a lot, of, a lot about what people think of me. Yeah. And, you know, so these days it's like I still care that like I'm still like, you know, influenced by that for sure. But I care less, you know, I care mm-hmm. less about what other people's opinion of me is and how something will be perceived and yeah, I guess I'm just more, more interested in like, what's my life? Like, what mm-hmm. is my life? What's, what's the path that I, that I need to follow and be on or chart or mm-hmm. even change or whatever. So I think maybe just being more comfortable with that. And like, yeah. it's interesting because like my whole brand and life, life is built on nonconformity, but right. I've also tried to be pretty open and saying like, I'm kind of susceptible, susceptible to this stuff. And I, I do care what other people think. And, you know, in lots of ways I have been like uh, afraid to like, I don't know, live my best life or whatever, whatever you right. want to call it. So I think just getting a little bit more close, closer to that has been, has been good. It's brought me like the sense of, okay, here we are. Let's see what we can do. You know, there are lots of people out there, as you know, who like start yep. an all new business or pursue a whole new life. I mean, your, your life, your big life changed. How old were you when that happened? Was that, uh, when I came out of the closet, I was 36. Yeah. So. 36, right. Yeah. I mean, so like that's, you know, <clears> so, much <throat> so much has happened since then and so much yep. is still to come for you yep. and George and the family. So yep. I've been thinking about that. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, that you just brought up, that's amazing is when you can tap into that thing that it does for you, where you see something like, okay, I'm surrounded by, you know, let's just take the WDS family. (laughs) I would say a lot of people are like, they really show up. Like, I really don't give a shit what other people think that they actually do, but it's it's a part of our DNA as a WDS family is okay. We kind of have that one side of us, but so much of what we do is because we do care what people think. We want people to think. Right. It's tricky. Exactly. It's tricky. Yeah. The whole lesson isn't to be like, I don't care. So I'm going to go out and just like, you know, do whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. Criticize people. It's it's different. It's interesting. Right. But it's like, you have to care about the right things. Right. Exactly. And I think this is those interesting age milestones. I know when I came through the fifties and you know, here I am 55 and you know, I'm like, okay, 55 was no big deal. I have friends who hit 55. They're like, Oh my God. I'm like, Oh, please get over it. (laughs) Maybe a whole other thing when I hit 60. I don't know. But then Oprah's my queen. So she like hit 60 and said, girl, it's going to be the best thing in the world. I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you. Oprah. I'm leading the way a couple years ahead of you. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. Ladder here. I need that. Uh But it's interesting when you can see that and then go, okay, this, this happened. Now, what did I learn from that and move forward? Because if I could go back and tell my 49 year old something from that experience, it would be literally just be in the moment. Mm. Trust that moment because I grew so much from it. And um, Mm -hmm. a fellow, I think, you know, Chris Brogan, right? Yeah. 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 So Chris and I talk a lot. He's very open about his depression and stuff. And Chris Mm -hmm. and I talk about that a lot. And, um, because I suffer from it too at times. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that moment being probably one of the most eye-opening experiences for me. And he said he had yeah. a similar one when I think he said when he turned 40 or something that 
he made depression his friend. Mm. I thought, whoa, that's kind of deep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of deep. So, um, so I'm curious if you could go back and tell your 39 year old <laughs> mm-hmm. something about okay. now being a 40 year old, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's a great jumping point from Chris because uh, Chris Brogan, because um, I think what he's essentially talking to it connects to exposure therapy, which is something I've been I do a lot of therapy and it's helped me a lot. That's one yeah. thing I definitely recommend. And uh, for me, like I, I don't want to like actually try to describe what exposure therapy is. I'm not in, you know a therapist, right. but for me, it's been about ex- like, okay, whatever is real, like what is reality? Let me not push that away. And mm-hmm. so let me just actually like, you know, invite it in just like Chris Brogan said and say, okay, this is, this is here. I feel anxious. I'm not going to try to pretend I don't feel anxious. I'm not going to fight it. I'm going to say, why am I actually anxious? What is the mm-hmm. root cause? Why am I sad? Yep. Is there a reason? Is it generalized or is it specific? Whatever it is, there it is, you know? Yep. And, and looking at that, like looking at your life, the way it is, not the way that you would like it to be or the way that you perceive it sometimes, that, that was really scary for me. Mm-hmm. It was really, really scary, um, to be honest. And so I think going back to 39, I had a hard time doing that. And somewhere between 39 and 40, and I don't know why you know, exactly it transpired that way, but I got better at, at, looking, at um, looking at things as they are. And then yeah. when you do that, you realize, oh, okay, there are some things that suck about this, like this, you know, this, this does suck or whatever. But also, you know, also here I am. And I can choose to make this like the central focus of my life yep. or I can say it's one part of my life and I've got all these other parts too. So let's, let's, you know, live the life that we have with what we got, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's a perfect place to like really say we've come full circle because it is about, this is where we are. This yep. is what I got, but there's all these other things yep, yep. that now they go to the past and we keep moving forward. And, you know, you ask when this whole thing happened for me, Mm-hmm. at 36, that was the biggest thing that was holding me back of, Oh my God, this, this is going to have such a huge impact right. until I realized that impact mm-hmm. was what needed to happen. Yeah. That impact exactly. was what turned everything. And, um, I think for most of us guys, 40 plus, even young guys, <laughs> we're not excluding, yeah. but this is what this program is about is 40 plus sure. guys. If we can embrace the moment and be in the moment and see the reality of the moment versus trying to push it away, as you said, Chris, Yep. So much richer and so much more growth can happen when we mm. live in that moment and accept our reality. So um, mm. thanks for being here, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for doing the work you do. It's helping yeah, a lot of people. Love doing it. Love doing it, man. So, um, and guys, stay tuned. We've got more great conversations on 40 plus real men, real talk, where we face our fears. We make those bold moves and we're never afraid to say, I'm done apologizing for the way I live my life. That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk. Where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk, where the conversations continue.